This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Your Money on SiriusXM's channel 132, Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Kent Smethers, a professor here Wharton in Philadelphia, and I'm joining you this time by Zoom as we're still in quarantine mode in Philadelphia. Now I'm going to bring you some new content this way until the show resumes live. And uh, But there's also another way to connect with me. Remember my website, kentonmoney.com. So if you're looking for an advisor, remember we only look for fee-only advisors. I have a growing list of advisors there. I've, I've pre-screened for being fee-only and agreeing with my approach to low-cost passive index investing. So today I'm joined by a great guest, uh, Carrie Schwab-Pomerantz, who is the board chair and president of the Charles Schwab Foundation, also a senior vice president at Charles Schwab and Company, and board chair at Schwab Charitable. She writes a weekly column uh, called Ask Carrie, which appears on schwab.com and schwabmoneywise.com. Welcome to Your Money, Carrie. Thanks for having me, Kent. It's a pleasure. And of course, the Schwab name is uh, everybody in investing that knows about it. Uh, obviously, there's a family connection there. There is a family connection. <laughs> um, I think, well, uh, my dad, he actually uh, um, started the company when I was 16 years old. Oh, actually, maybe I was about 15 years old. And um, But when I was 16, he asked me, to come work at the company and um, starting as a, what I, uh, he said I was a file clerk. I remembered being the secretary's secretary. So I started, yeah, from the very beginning in the days of, you know, filing papers and accounts. And then, you know, later I uh, became a financial consultant after college and mm. sort of worked myself up the, up the ranks. Yeah, no, that's so. fantastic. and. Uh, yeah. You know, Charles Schwab of course, and John Bogle were the two revolutionaries of this industry. John Bogle on the index funds, your father, Charles Schwab, on you know the brokerage uh, side of really making it accessible for for everybody. And so it's uh, two two world legends in the industry. It's honored to have you on on the show. So many listeners they've received stimulus checks from the government, and you know. Um, Good question is, you know, what would you recommend that they do with that money? Well, it all depends on their financial situation, of course. Uh, there are a lot of people right now, as we know, have lost their jobs who are in dire straits. And I think, you know, most importantly, it, that these people need to use that cash for their essentials, you know, such as their, right. you know, food and their rent and utilities and so forth. Um, then there's those people who... Um, they still have their job, they're feeling pretty comfortable, but they don't really have a cash cushion, you know, for any type of emergencies. So in that case, I would, I would highly recommend you, you know, put that in savings uh, just as a backup, uh, especially given, you know, what's going on in the economy right now. And then there's, of course, those who are above needs who are feeling, you know, fairly comfortable. They do have savings. Mm -hmm. um, they might even have some investments. And, and um, 
in that particular case, if you don't need the money for five to seven years, then you know you can invest it. But I will also say that our our community needs us badly right now, and so I would you know I would highly consider people to you know to um, use that money or when they're shopping, shop right. local, you know the restaurants and so forth, local help them keep them alive, but also philanthropically. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm the I think you mentioned well the incoming national board of uh, chair of the Bo- Boys and Girls Club of America, and they're on the front lines right now supporting or helping first responders and in, in the community. And so there's these kind of organizations need our help. Yeah, and it's certainly the, the CARES Act, you know, adds a new above the line deduction uh, for a lot of people who otherwise would not itemize. They can actually take advantage of that in terms of their charitable contribution. So it's like you said, if you really don't need the money for yourself, now is a great time, especially if you're not a regular itemizer to be giving that money away. Let's talk about interest rates. Obviously, they're very low, and a lot of people are thinking maybe this is a good time to refinance a mortgage. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you, you know, it actually is a great time to uh, refinance. Uh, in fact, I actually uh, in the process of doing it myself. Mm. And um, yeah, and and I'm going to save a lot of money, uh, you know, right. on a monthly basis. So, so but but before you you do that, um, just know that uh, you know changes in interest rates do affect fixed uh, mortgages differently than adjustable, and. Right. Probably you don't want to do it or it's not really worth it unless interest rates have gone down or your interest rate has gone down a half to 1% right. um, because, you know, you're going to still have fees, you know, such paying points and other fees. And so you don't want to pay all this upfront money only to um, not be able to, to get it back over the long run. Right. And, and a lot of, yeah. Uh-huh. And you probably want to be knowing that you're going to be holding on to that house for at least a few years before you sell. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you know, running some scenarios on a mortgage finance calculator could be really helpful. Um, And also, if you have less than 20% of equity in your house, uh, you'll likely have to pay some type of private mortgage insurance. So that's another fee to consider. That's right. Now, the PMI is often, people forget about it, but it's really important uh, to take that into consideration. And so let's now talk about investing. You kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. If you don't necessarily need the money for your expenses today, think about saving some of that, maybe and even a high yield savings account, something like that. But then if you actually have some more money, maybe either think about charitable or thinking about investing. A lot of people are skittish, you know, volatility all over the place. You know, what, what, what's your advice to them in terms of uh, thinking about investing if they have the capacity to do so? Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about investing from a retirement perspective because so many people um, lose opportunities, uh, you know, with their, you know, during their lifetime to save and invest and have their money grow. So my advice is that the younger you start to build wealth um, or the younger you start, the easier it is to build wealth over your lifetime um, because your money has time to grow. So um, I, I'm going to give you an example, Kent, that I think sure. is pretty powerful that, that, that showcases the power of compound growth. And I'm thinking about a young person right now. And, and as you mentioned, 
you know, you don't want to invest money that you don't need for five to seven, probably seven years is best. But for so so most of us are at least seven years away from our retirement, and that's why I'm going to focus on that. Um, but if you start, it, let's just say somebody at age 25 invests five thousand dollars a year for 10 years, and that's a total of fifty thousand dollars. If you get about a six percent a year growth rate, your money will grow uh, to four hundred thousand dollars at age 65. Now remember, it's fifty thousand dollars that's grown to $400,000. And then, but if you wait until you're 35, so you wait 10 more years and save that same amount, you know, the $5,000 over 10 years at a 6% rate, your money will grow to Mm. $224,000. So what, so what you're seeing is about a $200,000 difference uh, to your, to your retirement if you wait 10 years. So, so for somebody who is young in their 20s, we highly recommend they save and invest 10 to 15% of their income for the rest of their life, and they should be relatively comfortable. However, if you wait till your 30s, you're going to have to save closer to 20% of your income. And then if you wait till your 40s, you know, it's 30%. So the longer you wait, the harder it is. Right. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's no question. You getting that early start, whether it's to your own investments or even, you know, five twenty nine uh, plan for your child, a, a great yeah. uh, great idea. And so, when we think about, we want people to invest if they have the capacity. Uh, to, to do so, they're still getting income from their employer. Uh, but maybe the formula in terms of how much emergency cash wants to be, you know, having first before we do that. And, you know, we usually say three to six months worth of expenses, depending on the volatility of your your employment, things like that. Has that advice kind of changed in your mind uh, during the current situation? Should people maybe skew more towards six months before they uh, uh, get into the market? Well, I, so no, the view has not changed. It's three yeah. to six months of cash to cover any essential expenditures. But I think this is actually a reminder to all of us of what kind of risk we're willing to take. Right. So if you, you know, get the EBGBs right now, you're going to want at least three, you know, six months of cash probably at all times. But keep in mind, most Americans can't even, you know, pay for a $400 emergency. So, uh, you, you know, if you could get at least three, three months, that's um, great, but six months is better. And then if you're close to retirement, uh, cash, you know, having cash on hand is even more important. We recommend near retirement, a one year, one year's level of cash to cover essential expenditures. And then if, if you're in retirement, two years of cash is even better. And of course, that's, and that's all um, because we want, you don't want to be in a position to have to sell stock at a low right? You know, our, a lot of our stocks are low right now, or you don't want to have to take out some type of quick loan that usually is very expensive yeah. in times like this. Yeah. And was it, speaking of loans, you know, it's very tempting under the CARES Act uh, to borrow money uh, from, from your 401k. Um, uh, no penalty if you actually do a full kind of withdrawal as well, up to a certain uh, limit. And so some people are thinking about that. I mean, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are that we should, um, that, you know, of course it depends on your situation, Sure. but taking out from your 401k should be a last resort. 
Yeah. Um, you, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, you have other uh, access to other money, such as, you know, checking and savings accounts, um, brokerage accounts. Um, uh, but but the, the thing about taking from your retirement, again, it goes back to that compound growth. You're derailing or you're compromising your future. And, um, you know, you don't really get a second chance to save for, for retirement. Uh, but obviously, you know, the Congress is allowing people to take up to $100,000 right now right. Uh, because a lot of people are so affected. Um, so it is so it is a benefit. But, you know, again, you're, you, you, know, you, you want to try to avoid it at all costs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, especially when people don't always realize you can't just instantly replenish that 401k, especially if you do it as a withdrawal. You still face limits in the, your future contributions. Uh, and so it, certainly uh, in terms of last question here, in terms of prioritization, I mean, people, um, especially a lot of people who still have their job, but they're kind of nervous, you know, maybe it could go at some point, but I also have debt, you know, maybe some credit card debt, you know, auto loan debt, mortgage debt. Um, it's so a, how, how, what do you recommend in terms of prioritization? And we typically say that emergency account first, you know, start paying off that high credit card debt kind of next. And, you know, always, of course, with that free 401k match, if, if it's available from your employer, uh, has any of that prioritization in, in your mind kind of changed? Well, let me just go. The prior the priority should be uh, your 401k up to a company yeah. match, yeah. right? Because that's free money. Um, yeah. The other is paying, you know, paying off non-deductible high interest debt. Again, you're paying what 17% interest. That 17% can go elsewhere, right, into your savings. Right. And then, and then the other is the emergency fund, right. um, having three to six months. If you can get those three things done, you're in great shape. Um, but, but, you know, I, I have been hearing from folks that they are struggling with their debt right now. And for those people who are, here's just some things to think about. One is make sure that you make your minimum monthly payments and all your debt so you don't damage your credit score. If you could do that, you're, you know, you, that's a great place to be right now, in particular for those who, who are greatly affected um, by the pandemic. And, and also keep in mind, because I, I have heard from people thinking, oh, should I just let it go to collections? Well, right. you know, that, that's, not such a, that's not such a great idea. And so it's great, it's a good idea to prior, you know, to, to consider the consequences of falling behind and, and then kind of going from there. Uh, you know, like the car payment, you know, you could lose your car or, or um, student loans, you can rack up fees and penalties, you know, right? And, and um, have your pay, your income garnished and so forth. So, so there's all it, there's all sorts of things that can happen. Now, under the CARES Act, or 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 not actually the CARES Act, but but what Congress right now is encouraging uh, lenders to work with um, their borrowers. And so we're telling people absolutely, if you're having trouble, reach out to your lender, explain your situation, and see about working together because right now um, uh, lenders are providing more flexibility, grace periods, you know, they're reducing interest rates or payments. And, um, and certainly your credit card uh, uh, company is not going to know your situation unless you call. So right. highly recommend to call and any deal you get or, you know, accommodations, get it in writing. 
Yeah. And it, it, a lot of people don't realize you can call your credit card company and often people are, feel intimidated by doing that. They don't think it would be effective, but in fact, it often is. So uh, fantastic advice. Carrie, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Kent, it was great. Great to be with you. And uh, listeners can find out more about Carrie's work by going uh, to uh, Schwab.com, where again, she writes the weekly financial advice column called Ask Carrie, as well as going to the website schwabmoneywise.com. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 